I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom! Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you today? I'm doing very well. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? Of course! I'm very ready! Let's go! All right, let's give it a whirl! Let's give it a whirl. And now that we're into a season number three, I am very excited to be here and so happy to have our return listeners. I want to say hi to um, all of you who have been with us since season one. We love you so much and we're so happy that you're there. I love meeting with you guys whenever we do private readings. I love meeting with everyone, all the new people that are now listeners because we've met at one of the holistic fairs. And I'm really excited that you're here and we hope that you'll leave some information in the comments and let us know what you think about the show. I also just want to touch on one thing really quick. And I've asked Chandler's permission if I could do this because I want to make sure that it's okay with him that I have this sort of uh, public service announcement. Um, I have noticed for the most part at these holistic fairs that I'm going to, everyone is beautiful and lovely and wonderful and very love and light and awesome people. But occasionally, occasionally there might be that one reader who may not be in the best place and they may uh, give you a reading that seems very odd or off or negative. And I just want you to really think if you're going to these fairs that if it doesn't resonate with you, then it's not for you. It could be just something about them. It could be, uh, you know, maybe they are not as love and light as they may want to appear to be. And that happens. It happens in the world. I tend to be very gullible and very, (laughs) very bombastic with my love and light. So I just wanted to say that in case you guys end up getting something negative from a place where you go in search of positive. So that's what I had to say. Thank you, Chandler. Uh, yes, and uh, she's decided to yield the remainder of her time. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, for that public service announcement. Uh, and uh, likewise, uh, I would just like to uh, thank all those who have been listening to us uh, since the very beginning. And uh, those of you, if this is your first episode of History in Retrograde, like to uh, give you a warm welcome. Uh, tell you a bit about the party that we've got going on over here. Uh, So uh, the way that we do things is that uh, in a moment, I will give the astrological birth data of a random historical figure to my mother. Uh, Now, you, the listening audience, already know who this historical figure is. It is in the title of today's episode. I, of course, know who it is because I selected this person. But, Mom, do you have any idea who we're going to be talking about today? Of course not. I never know who we're talking about, ever. I walk around in the complete dark, and it's very hard for me, Chandler. And that's what makes such a compelling podcast episode. (laughs) 
Uh, so I will give her that data. She will then input that into the back computer, and out will come the astrological birth chart, where all of the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment that person was born. Uh, she'll then do the best uh, that she can uh, to give uh, a blind reading of this chart, telling us uh, what she's able to about the person's personality uh, and the uh, fortunes and characteristics of this person. Uh, I'll then ask a few discussion questions and reveal to her who our mystery history guest is, give a little background about the person, and then we'll come together at the end and uh, see how accurate the chart was at predicting what that person would do. Uh, without any further ado, let us begin. Okay. This is a female. All right. Born on the 23rd uh -huh. of November. Uh-huh. 1805. All right. Do we have a birth time? We unfortunately do not. No. Okay, do you want to do midnight or do you want to do noon? Um, let's do midnight. Okay. All right. And where in the world? Uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. Oh, I just realized that if we do midnight, it's going to make it their sun and their rising sign the same. No, it won't. No, it won't. Never mind. I'm wrong. Hold on. I'm looking for Jamaica. Jamaica. Okay. And do we have a town? Kingston. All right. So again, this is a female born on the 23rd of November, 1805. Uh, Jamaica was at that point a British colony, not yet independent. All right. So first I'm looking to see if we have an interception in this chart. And as I go around, very I concentrated. Yeah, it's very concentrated. Yeah, there is no interception. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and go back and read this from Equal Houses. I do Western tropical astrology and I look at the Placidus houses first to determine if there is an interception. And we do have a plan at some point to do an explanation of interceptions. And um, when we do that, uh, then you'll understand why I do it just to check. But then now I will do equal house, which is based on the actual um, degree of your rising sign, which we do not know if this person was born at midnight or not. So it may or may not sound uh, accurate for this person based on uh, the houses that we have the planets in. Uh, there's definitely a concentration of planets, no matter what the rising sign is going to be. All of the planets are concentrated in these four houses. She has Pluto separated out over here, but uh, for house. the most part, mm -hmm, well, per or this. in but, some house. In some house. We don't know for sure. We're reading it currently with Leo rising. Okay. I don't know if that sounds accurate for your person or not but this person has sun at zero degrees sagittarius moon at 22 degrees sagittarius Ooh, this is a very concentrated lot of sagittarius mercury at nine degrees sagittarius venus at 14 degrees capricorn mars at 19 degrees sagittarius jupiter at 13 degrees sagittarius Saturn in Libra at 23 degrees, Uranus conjunct that by degree in Libra at 23 degrees, Neptune at 27 degrees Scorpio, Pluto in Pisces at 8 degrees, North Node at 7 degrees Capricorn, and Chiron at 16 degrees Capricorn. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so let's start with this stellium in Sagittarius, okay? A stellium in astrology is four, three or four, I think it's three or more planets in that sign, 
Okay, this person has uh, five, <laughs> five planets in Sagittarius. So whoever this person was, I do not know what their rising sign is, but with five planets in Sagittarius, I can only imagine that this woman is hands down untamable. This is a feral woman. <laughs> she is wild as the day is long. She has a very, uh, a very fiery personality to say the least. All right. She does have North Node in Capricorn, and that is conjunct Venus and Chiron in Capricorn. Without this Capricorn, I cannot imagine that this woman would even be able to walk on the ground. She would just be flying around uh, on fire. So this is some grounding for her. She also has Neptune in Scorpio at 27 degrees. And her Pluto is in Pisces. That makes her, I mean, with the Neptune at 27 degrees Scorpio, and then exchanging that with the Pluto at eight degrees Pisces, because Neptune rules Pisces and Pluto rules Scorpio, right? So do you see this exchange, Chandler? Her Neptune, which rules Pisces, is in Scorpio, and her Pluto, which is ruled by Scorpio, is in Pisces. Mm -hmm. Do you see? Yeah. Okay, so that is, or should be, she should have had natural gifts for, I mean, I don't like to use the word occult because people always associate that with, you know, like dark magic or whatever, but um, natural abilities, natural psychic abilities, natural um, uh, dream state, natural um, extreme creed. It could, I mean, if it's not about psychic abilities, then extreme creativity, like, I mean, if this woman was an author, her creativity would be off the chart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because she has all of this Sagittarius ruled by Jupiter. Uh, you know what I mean? Because Jupiter is already ruling Sagittarius and it's already a lot and too much, right? So then you add that she has Jupiter in Sagittarius ruled by Jupiter. Okay. This woman is a lot, a lot. I think I would like her. <laughs> I think I want to hang out with her. She, I want to just see what she does. Then she has Uranus conjunct Saturn in Libra at 23 degrees. So exact conjunction of Uranus and Saturn in Libra, which is ruled by Venus. So that makes her... You know, because Saturn is your planet of lessons. Saturn is your planet of, you know, Saturn can be your teacher or it can make you a teacher, right? It is the father. It is um, structure and, and, and government and, you know, all these things that are like the rules, right? And then she has Uranus, which is completely no rules and doesn't want any rules and is wild and unpredictable, conjunct that. So in Libra, which is beautiful and pretty, but also very, um, very fair, right? Like Libra of all the signs is the one that is going to look at both sides fairly you know, and can probably see that both sides have a valid point. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> sun at zero degrees Sagittarius is the first degree of Sagittarius. So that makes it huge Sagittarius, right? Now you add Mercury in Sagittarius. This woman had to be very opinionated. 
Um, because Mercury and Sag is no filter. I mean, people who have Mercury and Sag tend to have no filter. They just say it. They don't even try to sugarcoat it. There is no sugarcoating Mercury and Sag. They're just going to say it. Then you conjunct Jupiter with that means saying a lot, so much. And then Mars conjunct that by degree because you have zero degrees sun, nine degrees Mercury. It within 10 degrees that is conjunct by degree. Then you have Mercury conjunct Jupiter, nine and 13. They are conjunct by degree. Then you have Jupiter conjunct Mars within 10 degrees. They are conjunct by degree. Then you have Mars conjunct moon at 22 degrees Sag. Mars is 19. They are conjunct by degree. All right. So this is like going down a waterfall of stair steps of everything you can possibly do with Sagittarius. I don't know who this person is. I hope I do know who they are. But this is an unstoppable force. She is not an unstoppable force in the way that it would be if all of this was in Aries. Okay. Because if all of this was in Aries, she would probably be leading several armies. But in this situation, she is unbelievably independent. And probably if she used weapons, was unbelievably accurate at that. North Node in Capricorn, somehow her North Node is making her make money with all this. Okay. Because North Node in Capricorn is about finances and business and making money. And she has Venus there, which, like I said, these particular planets right here, North Node, Venus, and Chiron, and Capricorn are going to ground her a little bit. It is the only thing really grounding her. She has, she's like a kite that's on, no, she's not. She's like a rocket. She's like, a, this person is like a rocket. Um, she does have Chiron and Capricorn. Do you see how all of these are conjunct the same way? This is at seven degrees north node, 14 degrees Venus. That is conjunct. All right. And then Chiron is conjunct. These are all conjunct by degree. So these are all working together in tandem. North node with the Venus, with Chiron, which is the wounded healer. So somehow this person has connection to issues with finances, the father, or money that in this life or, or the previous life was something that was very difficult, either difficult as a child or difficult in a previous life in regard to these things that Capricorn rules, which is ruled by Saturn, which is rules. And then she is somehow healing people with her from her lessons and her wounds. Does any of this make any sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So then, like I said, Pluto in Pisces is like a double whammy of uh, creative ability or psychic ability or both. So, I mean, this one is pretty, you know, there's not a whole lot to say because we don't know what her rising sign is. If I don't, I don't know if her rising sign, if her, if it, if it sounds like she has Leo rising, then we'll read it this way. But I mean, you should know at this point enough to have an idea of Le if Leo rising sounds right or not. But, um, because if she were to have Virgo rising and have all this going on, no one would really no right away it would take a minute for this to come through you know what i mean uh -huh. so do you have any questions uh what do you think she would do for a living whatever she wants she has to be involved in <sighs> wow i mean she could be super creative super um i mean jupiter rules world travel. 
Jupiter rules higher education. Jupiter rules information. Jupiter rules um, expansion of the mind. Um, so any of those things, I think. But I mean, if it wasn't this, if it wasn't this time in the world, 1805, I mean, I would think she would be a full on business mogul, you know, but maybe she was somehow a business mogul, but, um, because, because of all this Capricorn and the way it's laid out. How would she react around, um, war? Do you mean like, would she shy away from it? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Not if it is something that she's willing to fight for. If she's willing to fight for it, she could be right in the middle of it and be very active in it. This woman has a lot of energy. And with all that Sagittarius, she's about what's right, you know, fighting for the underdog, you know? How would she react around illness? Well... She has Pluto in uh, Pisces. Pisces is ruled by Neptune and is known as the healer. Okay. So it is possible she is somehow healing people. Her Neptune is in Scorpio, which is death and rebirth and everything that is, you know, icky you know like blood and guts kind of thing mm-hmm. neptune rules pisces so it could be like this person wouldn't necessarily shy away from blood and guts you know what i mean mm-hmm. what would she do if there were obstacles in her way uh explode them with a giant bomb <laughs> I don't think she has any issue with obstacles at all. Like, she just sees them as something to remove from her path. She has Mars in Sagittarius. Mars in Sagittarius is probably up there with Mars in Aries, Mars in Scorpio, and Mars in Sagittarius. You know what I mean? This is a person who can have extreme passion and determination for where they want to go and what they want to do. And there is very little that will stand between them and what they want to do. It's not the same as Taurus. Taurus will just keep trudging, right? They'll just keep going, keep going. You know, arrows are in them. They got bullet wounds. They keep going. Sagittarius is more about just riding through it at a fast pace, you know? What is her self-esteem like? Okay, I do not have a rising sign for her. So that's a very hard question to answer. But with all of this Sagittarius, I would think she was very confident. How would men react around her? Men might be a little afraid of her. Uh, She has an awful lot of masculine energy uh, and fearlessness about her and untamability. So in 1805, most women were not in this frame of mind, you know, Most women, I'm assuming, in 1805 were looking to find the right man to settle down and have a family and have a life with. This woman does not necessarily want that ever. I think that she could be uh, maybe never married. What would superiors think of her? They would think that she was naughty. They would think that um, she 
I mean, I don't know if this is in some sort of law enforcement, which I don't know how it could be in 1805, but maybe, I don't know. I would think that, uh, she has a side to her that can be very, very rebellious, extremely rebellious. If you try to bridle this woman, she will tear the bit out of your hands, you know? So, uh, uh, but the other side of Sagittarius is, can also be very, very uh, forthright in things that are correct. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe that North Node and Capricorn could tame her and make her want to be more, um, more like a, a, a superhero rather than uh, a wild one, like, you know, somebody that would just, uh, I don't know. I mean, what I'm seeing in my mind is a woman who popping wheelies on a motorcycle. You know what I mean? So the Capricorn might tame her a little bit. Uh, are there anything, anything you can tell us about what her childhood might be like? That's really hard because I don't have, I don't know what the houses are. But if we look at I mean, you, you can look at her sun and her moon. They're both in Sagittarius. So I would imagine that maybe her childhood was wild. Um, I don't think that anything in this woman's life has ever been calm. I think it's um, pretty, pretty adventurous. Are there any uh, final first impressions you get from this chart? I think I would like her and I want to see what she does next. I think that I want to say that I think she fights for what is right. And uh, she is completely fearless in the face of anything. But she does have some sort of or she should be if she's following her north node she should have a good business sense about her and somehow be utilizing that to help people. All right. Well, I think uh, we are ready for a summary of our findings. Okay. The first thing that you said was that she would be untamable, feral, mm -hmm. wild. She would have a fiery personality. Uh, she has gifts with natural abilities, uh, possibly psychic abilities uh, or uh, just extreme creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that you would like her. Mm -hmm. uh, she is very opinionated. There's no filter, <laughs> no sugarcoating. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd be an unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. She'd be independent. Uh, she'd be very accurate. Uh, you were saying specifically if she were using weapons, she'd be very accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd be like a rocket. Uh, there uh, are possible issues or wounds uh, connected to um, finances and her father that she would then have to overcome and use that to heal people. Um, there is a double whammy of creative psychic ability. Mm -hmm. uh, she is super creative. Uh, she uh, would be inclined uh, in the areas of travel and information mm -hmm. uh, and possibly a business mogul. Uh, she, in times of conflict, she'd be right in the middle of wars and battles. Uh, she has a lot of energy. Uh, she would be fighting for the underdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, is healing people. Uh, she wouldn't shy away from blood and guts. Mm -hmm. uh, she would tackle obstacles head on and quickly. Uh, there is uh, an extreme passion about her. She is very determined. Uh, she is very confident. Uh, men might be afraid of her. She carries <laughs> with her a very masculine energy. She is mm -hmm. untamable. 
Uh, she would be described by some as being insubordinate and rebellious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has some superhero-like qualities. Uh, the, her life was never calm. Uh, she was always adventurous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would like her. Uh, there is, uh, she would always fight for what's right. And she has a good business sense. And uh, that she would use that business sense to try and help people. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I left out? No. Are you ready to find out whose chart you've been looking at? Yes. This is the astrological birth chart of Mary Seacole. Okay. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because I don't know who this is. Not that many people do. Well, tell us. Mary Seacole was a nurse uh, during the Crimean War. Uh, She was working at the same time as Florence Nightingale. Uh, but largely because of the way that she chose to heal people using more holistic methods over Nightingale's uh, more scientific methods, and the fact that she was a person of color, uh, her story did not get told uh, as much in the uh, later years. Um, but it is now just coming back in the last 40 years or so uh, in academia and in uh, public history, especially in Great Britain, of the important role uh, that she had to play in healing the soldiers during the Crimean War. Uh, so uh, Mary uh, was born uh, in Jamaica. Uh, her father was a Scottish lieutenant. Uh, her mother was a, a free uh, person of color uh, in Jamaica. And uh, her mother is uh, what they would call a, a doctress. Um, mm. So uh, she ran a hotel in Jamaica, and it was frequented by all of the uh, officers in the British Army. Uh, because not only were there a lot of comforts and very good food, um, she also had uh, remedies uh, that uh, were taken from the natural herbs of uh, Jamaica, also uh, techniques uh, from African and indigenous cultures, and mm. she was more willing to use these to fight the tropical diseases than the army doctors would. And mm-hmm. so those who were going to uh, her hotel uh, would uh, become cured uh, faster or become have more relief than than if they had gone uh, to the army doctors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, this is a time in 1805, uh, slavery is still legal in uh, Jamaica. Uh, This is a colony in the British Empire. Uh, Now, uh, Mary's mother was not uh, a slave, um, but uh, because of this system that was in place, uh, there is a stringent... uh, Uh, system of uh, racial discrimination. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, those uh, who were uh, colored uh, could not uh, go to uh, the same places. There was segregation. um, And uh, so she could not actually marry uh, her father. So uh, uh, she was an illegitimate child, Mary was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was not only the stigma behind uh, the techniques that she was using, but also uh, the color of her skin. Uh, and yet she was very successful uh, in her hotel and uh, all of these people were coming through. And there were always epidemics going on in the Caribbean, uh, usually between cholera and yellow fever. And uh, Mary was always right at her mother's side as she was treating all of these people with all of these diseases. Mm-hmm. And Mary learned these uh, techniques very well. And uh, she writes in her autobiography that it did not take long before she noticed that her dolls suffered from from the same uh, diseases that the uh, uh, adults did. And so mm-hmm. her dolls would have to be cured. And mm-hmm. so she would try out all of her mother's techniques on her dolls. And mm-hmm. and once all the dolls were better, she realized that all of the cats and dogs in her neighborhood were <gasps> sick too. And so she would have to go out and, and catch them against their will oh, and bandage up their arms no. and, and uh, put uh, cinnamon and mustard into them to try and make them uh, feel better. And uh, once she had run out of cats and dogs she then uh, would try things on herself whether or not she was sick or not oh. uh, but she was uh, very uh, uh, willing to take on the mantle uh, of uh, her mother as a doctress uh, in this uh, tradition 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as you grow up, uh, things in Jamaica would uh, improve slightly in terms of uh, the uh, racial discrimination there. Uh, slavery uh, was outlawed in the 1830s, and uh, that opened up some opportunities uh, for uh, people of color in Jamaica. Uh, and she was actually able to marry a, uh, a an Englishman. Uh, and uh, so she married uh, a man who was uh, the godson of Lord Nelson. Uh, so mm. his name was uh, Edwin C. Cole. And uh, he was in the Navy, and he was a very sickly, uh, a pale Englishman in the middle of the Caribbean, and as such, uh, was prone to becoming very ill all of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, marrying uh, Mary Seacole was a very good thing for him because he was able to get better, uh, mm-hmm. at least uh, as much as possible. Uh, but he still succumbed to diseases all the time. Mm. Um, she would eventually uh, uh, sort of take over uh, the running of the hotel in Jamaica uh, into uh, the uh, 1830s. Uh, And then uh, she would also uh, start traveling around the Caribbean and start helping people in Cuba and in other places when uh, diseases, uh, epidemics uh, started to uh, come up. Mm -hmm. Um, In the uh, early 1840s, there were uh, several... um, misfortunes that uh, befell upon her uh the hotel in jamaica it burned to the ground mm. uh and then in 1844 her husband uh passed away mm. uh she uh continued to uh try and uh heal uh people uh, throughout the uh 1840s uh, but then starting in the early 1850s, uh, her uh, brother uh, had gone, or her half-brother had gone uh, to Panama. And Panama had uh, this uh, big uh, sort of gold rush going on there. Uh, and there were people from America and all over the world who were setting up these boom towns in Panama. And she went there, and uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, cholera uh, broke out there too. Mm-hmm. And she was, th- there was only one other person who was even hardly qualified uh, to try and treat people, and he was a dentist. Uh, Mm. So uh, she set up uh, an area in this town, and she started treating all these men, and and they were actually getting somewhat better uh, Mm -hmm. from the cholera epidemic thanks to her her treatments, uh, all using these uh, natural remedies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she would uh, make these uh, mustard poultices and put onto uh, people's chests. And she said that it was very important to always keep the heart warm. And so she Mm -hmm. would put a lot of it on there. Um, One of her uh, biggest uh, 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 remedies uh, was to have uh, boiled water and cinnamon and make a cinnamon tea. Mm -hmm. And uh, this would help uh, ease in the rehydration of the uh, uh, intestines. Uh, mm-hmm. So although she would not know any of that necessarily, later on we now know that what she was doing was actually helping these people. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- she had a profound impact in uh, this uh, community in Panama, and after uh, the first epidemic had uh, subsided, uh, she tells this story of uh, these Americans, these American miners who were there, and there's this one man who uh, wrote, who uh, uh, want to give a toast uh, to uh, Auntie Seacole uh, for all of uh, her uh, hard work and how much that they all appreciated her. And uh, then he started to say some more disparaging things. He said that uh, if uh, if all of us could uh, just bleach her skin white, <gasps> uh, then she could go into uh, any society, which is oh. uh, what she deserves. And um mm. Uh, Mary uh, rose up and uh, said, I- I'm somewhat grateful for uh, this toast that you have given me, but uh, I assure you that I am not ashamed of the color of my skin. Yes. And uh, even if it were uh, as dark as night, I would uh, still do everything that I could to help everyone around them. And mm-hmm. I hope in the years to come that these Americans will learn some manners. <gasps> Beautiful. Well uh, said. So uh, she ended up opening a a hotel called the British Hotel in Panama, and she ran that for a number of years. And then she also continued to go out into the Caribbean whenever these uh, epidemics would uh, come up. There was a yellow fever epidemic in 1852. Uh, She would go to Cuba again to try and help them there and became uh, there were folklore stories told of her abilities to heal uh, these people. Mm-hmm. Um, she returned to Jamaica in 1853, and around this time is when the Crimean War uh, 
uh, started out. Uh, so uh, the uh, Crimean War, uh, the Russian Empire, uh, always uh, trying to get a better foothold uh, into the sea, uh, was uh, it took the town uh, of uh, Sevastopol. And uh, this was sort of the precursor to the World War. Uh, so Britain and France and the Ottoman Empire all joined forces uh, to fight Russia to uh, get them out of the Crimean pen- Peninsula. And uh, Mary had spent such a, 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 a so much time around um, the uh, British Navy and the British Army, and her uh, father was uh, a lieutenant, and she uh, credited uh, her father with giving her the sense of the pomp and circumstance of the British Army, and she just knew that she had to go all the way across the globe to help uh, those uh, British soldiers in the Crimean War. Uh, So uh, she packed everything up and and she went to London. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, Florence Nightingale was setting up uh, her uh, uh, hospital. Uh, And Florence Nightingale was concerned about the uh, way that hospitals had been uh, administered. Uh, So uh, up to that time, they were dirty, nasty places. Uh, Doctors were uh, proud of how many surgeries they had done and so never uh, washed the blades uh, between Mm. surgeries because uh, how many bloodstains on there showed how experienced you were. Um, uh, And... uh, the, there was just a, a huge problem with taking care of all these people. And Florence Nightingale came up with this system of uh, uh, it's going to be scientific and we're, we have to make sure there's going to be hundreds, thousands of soldiers coming in. We can't get too emotionally attached to these uh, soldiers. We have to keep uh, ourselves uh, stoic as we treat them and then get them out of here and keep them at an arm's length and, length and make everything um organized. Uh, and so she sets up, she takes some nurses with her, and she sets up in uh, Istanbul. Uh, and she sets a, a, up a hospital there. And uh, meanwhile, there uh, she's still recruiting nurses in England. And Mary Seacole went uh, to the recruiters. Uh, I've seen some people say that she went up almost 50 times mm-hmm. uh, to beg them to take her so that she could go to the uh, Crimea and, and help mm-hmm. these soldiers. And, and mm-hmm. they would refuse to take her every time. Uh. And uh, so she decided then uh, she was going to go all by herself. And mm-hmm. uh, she got uh, with a business partner. And what they did was they uh, bought mm-hmm. uh, stocks of goods. Uh, and uh, she was going to set up a business mm-hmm. in the Crimea. And uh, so she uh, even printed out, she went to a printer in London and had notices printed out uh, saying that uh, the British Hotel is coming to Crimea uh, and uh, for everyone to be prepared for this uh, new uh, establishment and had those sent ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then Mary uh, makes her way and uh, one of her first stops is in Istanbul. And she goes to the hospital that Florence Nightingale is running there. And it is everything that Mary is not. Mm-hmm. Um, it is all very organized um, and sanitary, um, mm-hmm. but there's no warmth. There's mm-hmm. no compassion. There's no uh, 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 light. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, Mary was known for uh, not just the remedies actually working, but the, the warmth that she had in taking care of all of these soldiers. And uh, uh, the, there was a compassion in her healing. Whereas Florence Nightingale, and I cannot state this enough, is very important that the work that she was doing, it was not the same kind of healing. Right. And so she, Mary goes to uh, this hospital and uh, the other nurses are very worried that Mary's going to try and get a job there. Um, and so they warn Florence Nightingale about her. And uh, after walking up and down and seeing these patients, Mary doesn't want to work at this hospital. She wants uh-huh. to make her own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is too late for her to go back onto uh, the boat that she came in on. Mm-hmm. And so all she does is she finally meets Florence Nightingale and uh, asks her for a bed for the night. And then she would leave the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, exactly what happened. And th- there are stories that say that they met several other times, but that's the only time that we have an actual written account of what happened in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So uh, Istanbul is uh, uh, three days away from the fighting uh, that's going on in the Crimea. Um, uh, 
Mary C. Cole was uh, not going to be that far away. Uh, she decided that she was going to be three miles away from the mm-hmm. fighting. And so she is about three miles away, and then she arrives there, and she has her stock of goods, but she has no building to put them in. Mm-hmm. So she finds driftwood, and she finds these uh, pieces of metal, and she finds <laughs> yes. uh, just things lying on the ground. She finds some stained glass windows somewhere, mm-hmm. and she just puts all of this into some sort of junk palace mm-hmm. um, and uh, she makes uh, the British hotel yes. and uh, she starts uh, hosting uh, the men uh, as they are injured uh, coming in and starts giving them uh, remedies and uh, starts making these poultices and uh, things from powders and grasses and um, uh, uh, starts treating them and, and there's a cholera epidemic again and so uh, she treats them for that and uh, uh, these men are getting better and not only are they getting better they're so happy to have this this warm uh, a woman there who, who is healing them and uh, they, they call her uh, Mother Sea Coal mm-hmm. and uh, not only did she just stay there, she also rode into the battles uh, to try and find these men uh, as uh, they were hurting. And uh, so uh, to imagine the fog of war and the gun smoke and you've been hit and you're bleeding out and then to see uh, the, she would always wear brightly colored uh, scarves uh, and to see her coming uh, to help you. Um, she was called the Angel of the Crimea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only was this a, a great hospital either, this was also one of the finest establishments in the area. She had champagne brought in from France oh uh, and all of the best uh, dry goods. She was also a sutlery, so she would sell them uh, things for their kit and boots and uh, mm-hmm. uh, new uh, things for, for their weapons. And uh, uh, she uh, had just one of the finest establishments certainly in a war zone and uh, people throughout the British army were uh, so happy uh, that that she was there and, and taking care of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, As uh, the, the war progressed and uh, the allied forces were uh, uh, winning the war, it was uh, in, in the final assault on uh, Sevastopol in September of 1855, uh, she made a bet saying that she would be the first British woman to go into the town of Sevastopol. And that's exactly what she did. Uh, once the uh, town was taken, she became the first uh, British woman to go uh, into the town. Uh, and there were French people who thought that she was one of the looters. Uh, and Ooh. it took some British uh, officers to go in and say, no, 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 she's with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she did end up taking some things for the hotel. Uh, Mm -hmm. So she uh, took uh, some uh, paintings and things that were all uh, uh, trophies of war from uh, the times that the Russians had uh, occupied it. Um, The war ended on March 30th, 1856, and it was almost almost sort of sad for her because she had found this purpose in life Mm -hmm. um, and now that was being taken away. Um, She was, of course, happy that the war was over and that these men would not be hurting anymore, but it was bittersweet in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, She was uh, given medals by many of the Allied powers. Uh, The British uh, uh, gave her uh, uh, the Crimean Medal. Uh, The French gave her the Legion d'Honneur. And the Ottomans gave her uh, the uh, Order of the Medjidi. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. (laughs) Um, But uh, she would proudly wear uh, these medals uh, wherever she went for the rest of her life. Uh, And she said that she was uh, the only woman who uh, went there uh, rich and actually came back poor. Uh, So she came back to London nearly destitute. Wow. Um, In August of 1856, uh, there uh, were over 2,000 Crimean veterans who gathered in the uh, Royal uh, Surrey Gardens uh, for a celebration uh, of the uh, victory of the Crimean War. And they found Mary and they said that she was the guest of honor and they put her into a litter and carried her on their shoulders throughout uh, the gardens. Wow. Um, She was... Although the veterans certainly still admired her, uh, she was still completely financially uh, destitute. And eventually these veterans would uh, gather together and and make a fund uh, to support her. And people Mm -hmm. donations came in from um, all over Royal Society, uh, even even Florence Nightingale uh, donated some uh, to uh, the uh, Seacole Fund. 
the next year in 1857, uh, she wrote her autobiography, uh, The Wonderful Adventures of Mrs. C. Cole in Many Lands. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was uh, a bestseller. It was, uh, it, it's a page turner as you read of her accounts of the Caribbean and uh, Crimea and all over the place. Wow. Uh, she would uh, eventually return to Jamaica for a while, um, and she was always struggling uh, for money. Uh, uh, and uh, eventually the, the fund was recreated in England, and they got her uh, money, and she created another hotel in Jamaica, uh, and that failed as well. Oh, and then no. in uh, the 1870s, there was a new war, uh, the Franco-Prussian War. And uh, once again, she tried to answer the call to, to help and treat people. Uh, she traveled back uh, to London, uh, and Nightingale uh, was starting to be concerned about how uh, she would be remembered in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she wanted people to understand that she was the lady with the lamp. She was the nurse. She was mm-hmm. the one who did all of these things, which she really did in, mm-hmm. in helping our understanding of how hospitals should be taken uh, care of. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, in this conquest, in this effort, uh, she didn't want uh, Mary Seacole to get any credit for what mm. she did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nightingale uh, actually wrote a letter to one of the British officers saying, do not let uh, Mary Seacole go over there. Uh, she kept a, a dirty place. In fact, I think it may have even been a brothel. Oh, uh, my. And uh, so she... Uh, I'll... I'll among with other factors, this letter did not help in getting Seacole what she wanted mm-hmm. this to go into uh, the army hospitals again. Uh, and so uh, she was kept in London. Wow. Um, uh, she uh, would uh, have a, a place in London and even sort of start to make her way into Victorian court. Uh, so she would uh, start giving uh, her aid and her remedies uh, to uh, the Princess of Wales and uh, other people uh, in the Victorian court. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, would have a place that she lived in in London, and uh, then she would uh, pass away in May of 1881. Um, Mary Seacole's uh, legacy uh, sort of died with these Crimean War vets. The the mm-hmm. veterans absolutely loved and adored her and applauded her for all of the things that she did uh, and recognized what she had overcome being a person of color and being from Jamaica to come all the way uh, over there to help them. And they uh, understood that and appreciated that. But as though that generation died out, um, British society did not uh, take up uh, her legacy. And so mm-hmm. it kind of faded uh, into memory. Uh, and then in the 1980s, new attention was brought uh, to what she did in the uh, Crimea and how much all of the veterans uh, uh, appreciated her and, and how remarkable her story was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ever since then, now her story is told to British school children and they, uh, they can all tell you about her. And uh, just a few years ago, a, a statue uh, uh, was uh, made of her uh, mm-hmm. that is outside of, uh, I believe it's St. Thomas's Hospital in London, which mm-hmm. overlooks uh, Parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, her story is uh, starting to uh, get told and people can uh, really uh, appreciate the legacy uh, of this uh, remarkable woman and, and this remarkable healer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there are a lot of things uh, here uh, that make sense. Um, I think she was a very determined person. I think that she was uh, fiery. I think that uh, she uh, uh, was insubordinate at times mm-hmm. uh, and someone to take tackle obstacles head on. Mm-hmm. Um, she was certainly someone who was healing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was someone who fought for what's right and she w- used her business sense to heal people. Yeah. Uh, she created this hotel mm-hmm. um, so that because the hospital wouldn't let her work there. Mm-hmm. So she made this hotel and was selling things to people as this general store, as the sutlery, as this hotel, as the mm-hmm. saloon, so that she could help these uh, soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of the things that you uh, said here uh, really really uh, bore out in the life of Mary Seacole. Well, I think she sounds incredible and I would have loved to have known her. And uh, I, I, I wish we had a, a birth time for her because there's a lot of different places that these planets could go and make sense. But just by reading the planets and what sign they're in, 
we've gained a lot of information about her. Um, the Pluto in Pisces is also um, death and rebirth and healing. Uh, very innovative, very, um, uh, how can I say, what is the word I'm looking for? It's like, you know, not traditional healing, right? And also maybe kind of spiritual healing, you know, uh, because she's working with how people feel, you know, how do you make them feel and being treating them with emotions where Nightingale wasn't. But I find it so sad that people's egos get in the way of allowing other people to have the limelight you know there's enough limelight for everybody you can all share it it's so sad to me that that is the case you know mm -hmm. because both of these women you know did a lot of work but to have one woman throw another woman under the bus is always very 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 annoying to me and there's still to this day there are people who feel that it's some zero-sum game that if you give uh, some recognition to Mary Seacole that you're taking something away from Florence Nightingale. And uh, both of them are important uh, for what they did. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think anyone should take things away from Florence Nightingale, but mm -hmm. uh, there's certainly a lot of recognition that can be paid to Mary Seacole. Of course, there's room for everybody. Everyone should be acknowledged for the gifts that they offer to, you know, the world and the universe so that's unfortunate but that is a very lower frequency human behavior you know so there it is well i think on our scale of uh, right on the money to way out in outer space this is uh, pretty close to right on the money as close <laughs> as we can get without a uh, birth time um, are there uh, any other uh, thoughts that you have about uh, the chart and about uh, Mary C. Cole? Well, obviously, she was an amazing woman, and her mother was an amazing woman, and she did phenomenal things. And I hope that she, I'm really glad you chose her, Chandler, so that we could, you know, pay accolades to her. And even if we're just this little, you know, podcast, uh, you know, in her third season, you have found and are honoring her. And I think that's lovely. Uh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, that just about uh, wraps it up for us uh, on this episode of History and Retrograde. We'd like to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if uh, you would like to uh, reach out and support the show, we have all of our links to our uh, social media pages uh, posted in the show description. Uh, we also have a link to our PayPal account. Uh, every little bit uh, of donation helps us in uh, creating a better quality show and expanding our audience. And if you would like to be your very own Mystery History guest, we can make that happen happen. Uh, you can just uh, reach out uh, to uh, Chandler's mom at historyandretrograde.com and mom will get with you and uh, talk with you about how you could get a reading done for yourself or maybe a sinistry chart with that special someone or as we learned in last episode, maybe even one for your pet. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I can do charts for anybody that I have the birthday for. Uh, I can do more uh, accurate charts for uh beings and creatures and people that I have the birth time for. But as you can see here, it isn't absolutely necessary. You can still get a lot of information just from where the planets were on that day that they were born. And I can uh, visit with you in person at uh, local um, holistic fairs where I'm going to meet and greet people and tell them about the podcast and the show. And I'm doing readings when I'm there, but I am really building my uh, readings that I do online through Zoom. So if you are interested in having your chart done or uh, several other types of divination that I am, um, well, I, I know how to do them. I think I'm good at them. So um, just contact me and I'll get with you right away as soon as possible. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, yeah, but mom can uh, do a lot of things now. She's not going to be cutting up uh, any uh, uh, birds to see what the entrails are. You're going to have to go to some ancient Roman priest to see that. 
Uh, she's also not going to get high on sulfur like mm-hmm. they did in Delphi. Nope. Um, uh, but other than those things, there's a lot of things <laughs> that uh, she can help you out with. <laughs> and I'm uh, happy to do it. So uh, thank you all again so much for listening. As always, in conclusion, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Everything is going to be just fine. Thank you so much for listening. We love it that you're there. And we love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.